everyone. It's Judy Cohen, and this is Wake Up Call 381. So it's been another, <clears throat> another violent week in the U.S., this time right here in California, especially. California, which is the state with the toughest gun control laws in the country. The shootings in Monterey Park and Half Moon Bay took me back to Norman Fisher's words about Prajna Paramita, the paramita or perfection of understanding. And again, in choosing understanding over wisdom, Norman says, understanding means to be close to, to be with. And we take it like that. An understanding person we feel is compassionate, considerate, empathic. And so the perfection of understanding includes to know, to see how elusive and shimmering this life is. And at the same time, with and th through seeing this, to be understanding of life, to care for it, to stand with it in empathy, love, and compassion. In fact, Norman says, all we are really talking about is love. The shootings, the shootings themselves, I don't see how they are about love. What I feel about them is anger and frustration and sadness. But to be honest, my first response was not any of those emotions, and it wasn't to stand with in empathy, love, and compassion. My first response was not to look, not to look at the news, to put my head in the sand, not to see, not to deal with, not to know, and also not to mourn. And then I saw a photo of a young parent with a young child. It was in the New York Times, maybe you saw it, leaving flowers against a fence in Monterey Park, the site of the first shooting this past week, a fence that was already layered with flowers. And I had the thought, if that young parent has enough confidence in the resilience of their small child and that much of a sense of being able to turn towards what's just happened themselves, and, and that much of, of either a belief or instinct that to bring the child into this moment, not just to see, but to memorialize, to mourn is the right thing, then I better do that too. But the truth is, I don't know if I know how to mourn. I mean, I don't know any of the victims, so it's different from mourning my mom or anticipating the death of our frail 15-year-old Labradoodle or watching my almost 87-year-old father's decline. It's different because it's more distant and it's also closer. You know, it's smaller in my life and it's also so much bigger. And when I think about how much bigger, I feel a shattering in my chest, in my heart, because, you know, what am I really mourning? These victims, all shooting victims, all victims of violence and bias and hatred, just the most recent ones, Tyree Nichols, for example, or everyone, or what about all species, all beings? And then right in the middle of that confusion yesterday, the U.S. agreed to send tanks to Ukraine. Plus, what about mourning those who perpetrate hatred and war, who pull triggers, who beat unarmed black men, who enlist others to do those things, who clear cut, who spew carbon into the air, which is me too. No. What, what am I mourning there? The lack of wisdom, the lack of compassion. 
So I felt the temptation to turn immediately towards equanimity. And then I had the thought, if ever a practice feels like spiritual bypass in the moment, that one does. You know, there's sorrow. And then before there's equanimity, my instinct, my body says first grief, first grief, and then maybe equanimity. As Naomi Nye Shihab Nye says in her, in her iconic poem, before you know kindness as the deepest thing inside, you must know sorrow as the other deepest thing. You must wake up with sorrow. You must speak to it till your voice catches the thread of all sorrows and you see the size of the cloth. I heard Governor Newsom speak in Half Moon Bay. He said he went to Monterey Park after the first shooting and was asked to speak and declined. He said he just couldn't face the words. And then after the Half Moon Bay shooting, he couldn't avoid speaking. So he grabbed a folder as he was leaving his office, a folder full of index cards on what to say at shootings. He had a folder. He had a folder. He had index cards. I have index cards about how to talk about mindfulness. And he has index cards about how to talk about shootings. So how to turn towards this? I don't have, I don't have any answers. I mean, is it like my old dog when I take her head and I gently point her in the direction I want her to go because she can't see? Can I not see? Can we collectively not? For me, it's partly that. And it's partly just not wanting to face my own broken heart. But then I think, I think of Joanna Macy's suggestion, or, or maybe it's an admonition and the instructions of so many teachers from every lineage to allow our hearts to break open, you know, to let in the awfulness, the horribleness, the frustration, the rage, and especially, especially the sorrow. Now everyone knows the Leonard Cohen lines, ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. I know that sorrow and compassion are siblings, and I also know there's wisdom in sorrow, wisdom in grief. A lot of times it feels more like falling apart than wisdom to me, but maybe there's wisdom in falling apart. Once when I was working with a bunch of immigration lawyers at the border who were representing the children, they said, don't tell us to give us up our anger. It's important. It's crucial. It's our fuel. And when I went to my teacher for an appropriate response, he said, underneath anger is care. That's what they're really talking about. And if that's right, then maybe underneath all afflictive emotions, Anger, rage, disgust, helplessness, fear, sorrow, grief is the deep, maybe unflinching knowledge that we care. 
you know, we care about each other. We care about our loved ones, but we also care about our acquaintances. We care about the strangers. We care about the strangers in strange lands. We even care about our opponents. We even care about our enemies. So in this moment, if it's possible to look beneath and tap in and honor what is beneath, what's underneath, and tap into sorrow and tap into grief. Not as a kind of a downer, <laughs> you know, to ruin our day, but as a way of just learning to be in this world. I don't know if this world right now is any more violent and tragic than any other time in history. Maybe, maybe not. What was it like to live in the Roman Empire? I don't know. But just taking that time, that compassion, that wisdom to be with what's here right now, today. As the Taoists say, the 10,000 joys and 10,000 sorrows. So let's, let's sit. Finding your posture. Maybe today, if you are going to explore grief, it's a more relaxed posture. Maybe it's a more upright posture, whatever is supportive for you. Checking in with the body. Especially checking in with the heart. Checking in to see if the heart is blocked in any way. 
And if there's some kindness, some gentleness, some relaxation that's available to you to open the access to the heart, And maybe there's nothing blocked at all. And maybe there's agitation in the body or in the mind, some emotion that's layered on top of sorrow, that's layered on top of grief. Noting if that's present and seeing if whatever is underneath that is accessible to you. Or if the mind wants to slide away towards easier topics. And maybe there's wisdom in that. Only you will know. 
But in case there's wisdom in staying with this practice of uncovering sorrow, uncovering grief, then maybe gently redirecting the mind back to the present moment. And because this is, well, it's such hard work for me anyway, I don't know how, if it's hard for everyone, but in case it is, just to take uh, the hand and place it on the heart, if that feels comfortable for you, or if it doesn't, just in your imagination. and sending love to yourself. Just acknowledging your own good heart. Practicing to heal ourselves so that we can help heal the world and help practice to help heal the world so that we will be healed. Thank you for being on the wake up call today. Thank you for your practice. Be safe, everyone. We'll see you next Thursday.